he's just been a blessing to a lot of people. I believe a lot of people agree with that tonight. But you may welcome Brother Joe Arthur from Jonesboro, Georgia. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm wired up. I'm just hoping I don't blow up for this thing's over with. Yeah, and I've got to work on that a little bit. Are you glad to be here tonight? Somebody come in and help me. Praise God. I feel like the maniac of... I feel like the maniac of Gadara. That's good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think he's enjoying that the way he's at. Oh, my. Well, didn't Brother Ernie and them do great? Yeah. Uh, I love them. They've been to our church. Uh, I feel like I got a booger right there or something. I don't know. And, uh, but they've been to our church, and our people love them. And... Uh, Man, a guy that'll travel with his wife and her sister. There's a place in heaven reserved for you. And the Lord is good tonight. I want you to turn to the Gospel of Luke tonight, chapter number 16. And I want to thank Pastor Black for inviting us to come again. You go somewhere once, it's a blessing. When they ask you to come back, that's a double blessing. And I appreciate the goodness of the Lord. I was on a plane the other day, and I had my Bible out there. And this lady looked over at me and said, oh my, you don't believe that, do you? I said, every word. She said, I don't believe any of it. I said, I believe it enough of it for you and me both. And aren't you glad in this world of chaos, oh my, confusion, we have the book, God's infallible, precious word. And Jesus said, heaven and earth would pass away, but my word shall not pass away. The psalmist said, thy word, O Lord, is forever. Settled in heaven. And it's not only settled in heaven, it's settled down in my soul. I feel pretty good about this right here. And I'm glad the Lord is able tonight. Turn to somebody beside you and say, Glory to God, I'm saved. And turn back around and say, If you ain't, you ought to be. Turn back around and say, if you're not, praise God, you can be. Luke's Gospel tonight, chapter number 16, and we'll read verse number 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Our text tonight is in verse number 25, but Abraham said, Son, speaking to the rich man, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted. 
and thou art tormented. Can I read that last line again? He is comforted, and thou art tormented. Can I say that again? Thou art comforted. He's comforted. Lazarus is comforted. And thou art tormented. Would you agree with me tonight that there is a difference between comforted and tormented? And you say, well, how big of a difference? An eternal difference. And you may be seated tonight in the Lord being my helper. I want to preach tonight for a while on there is a difference. We live in a world where people say, what's the difference? We live in a world that says there is no difference. We seem to be living in a society that's trying to tear down all boundaries, all borders, to where nothing is different and everything is the same. Sad to say, we live in a society that says there is no difference between right and wrong. There is no right and wrong. We live in a society that is so fouled out in their mind. They say there's no difference between a man and a woman. Anybody that believes that's never been married to a woman. There is a vast difference. A man goes to Walmart, he wants to look at the hubcaps and the fishing stuff. The woman goes to Walmart, she wants to look at the shoes, and God knows she don't even need another pair. There is a difference. Can I remind you tonight that there is the difference between the right and the left. There's a difference tonight between hot and cold. There is a difference tonight between heaven and hell. There is a difference tonight between light and darkness. There is a difference tonight between life and death. There is a difference tonight between truth and error. There is a difference tonight between the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. And I'm glad to tell you tonight on the authority of the word of God, that Jesus Christ and what you do with Jesus Christ makes the difference. You know what the Bible said in the book of Deuteronomy? It said that the Lord put a difference between the children of Israel and the children of Egypt. The Lord put the difference. You say, what was the difference? Egypt were idol worshipers. But God's people were saved by the blood of the Lamb. Can I remind you tonight, there is a difference between a dead God and an alive God. You remember in the book of Deuteronomy as well, Moses said to Israel before they went to Canaan, I set before you this day 
a blessing and a curse. Can I remind you tonight that there is a difference between a blessing and a curse. The reason why I know I used to be under a curse. The curse of unbelief and the curse of unforgiven sin. Tonight I'm enjoying the blessing of sins forgiven. Knowing that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You remember in the book of Exodus at the rebellion of the sons of Korah. Moses drew a law, a line in the sand and he said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come over here. There must be a day in every person's life when they choose for themselves whose side that they're on. And may I say after reading the complete book, I'm glad I'm on the winning side. I'm glad tonight that I am on the Lord's side. I'm glad that I am on the side of the redeemed. Oh, preacher, what difference does it make what side are you on? I'll tell you, one day one side will climb the smutty walls of the devil's hell and the other side will stretch down the streets of glory saved by the blood of the Lamb because there is a difference and Christ makes the difference. Remember that day on Mount Carmel, Elijah said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If Baal be God, then serve him. And if God be God, serve him. And they said, How do we know who is going to be the real God? He said, The one that answers by fire. Oh, and I'm glad the fire of God fell on that mountain. And praise God, I'm glad the day I got saved, the fire of God fell in me. And kind of remind you tonight, there is a vast difference between cold and lethargic, man-made religion, than warm and hot and fired up, old-time religion that you feel down deep in your soul. There is a difference. No book in the Bible exemplifies this great truth any better than the Gospel of Luke. For the Gospel of Luke starts out with these two fellows that went to church. One was a Pharisee and he was proud of himself. But the other was an old publican that knew he was sorry and low down and ought to go to hell. And oh, that Pharisee prayed within himself. But oh, that publican, he cried out to God. Boy, that Pharisee began to brag how wonderful he was and how spiritual he thought he was and how religious he was. And he reminds me of a lot of preachers I've been around. If you don't think they're wonderful, ask them. They will tell you. Some people are legends in their own time and some are legends in their own mind and there is a difference. 
And oh, this Pharisee prays within himself and he brings on his list of religious credentials. Oh, but that publican, he was so embarrassed and so broken over his sin that he wouldn't even lift up his eyes. He was ashamed, even looked toward heaven and he smote upon his breast and he prayed one of the most simple prayers in all the Bible. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, it was that man that went home justified. Can I tell you, there is a difference between being justified and not being justified. There is a difference between trusting yourself and casting yourself at the mercy of God. I'm glad that was a time in my life when I sided with God against myself and I cast myself at God's mercy and when justice called, mercy answered and I'm justified and there is a difference. The gospel of Luke goes on and introduces us to two sisters. One named Martha and one named Mary. One is a faithful worker and the other one is a fervent worshiper. Man, one gets it done. And she is so interested in getting it done. She wants everybody around her to get it done. And if she don't think they're getting it done, she'll get in their face and yell at them for not getting it done. Oh, but the other one realizes Jesus is passing by. And she realized there were some things more important than trivial affairs. And so she bows at the feet of Jesus. And she worships at his feet. She waits at his feet. She weeps at his feet. Boy, I'm glad I know the good place tonight where we can go and wait. I'm glad I know the good place tonight. That we can go weep. I'm glad I know of a good place tonight that we can go worship. I tell you what you do, you run around to and fro, messing around with trivial things. But just give us a place at the feet of Jesus where we worship Him and adore Him and praise Him. And there is a difference between wearing yourself out in the energy of the flesh and coming apart and worshiping at Jesus' feet and waiting at Jesus' feet and weeping at Jesus' feet. There is is a difference. And when Martha goes to rebuke her sister, Jesus takes up for her and makes this statement, she has chosen the good part. Oh, can I say, I'm about to get blessed on my own preaching. Oh, may I say any moment of your day that you rope off to pile up at Jesus' feet and take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. That is a good part. 
because I see the church in the book of the Revelation in the glory world and they're piled up at his feet worship him at his feet casting their crowns at his feet loving him and blessing him tonight there is a difference between going to church and going through religious activity and getting at the feet of Jesus and loving him and praising him and worshiping him and glorifying him there is a difference wow Luke's gospel continues till you come to two brothers one left home and became a prodigal and the other one stayed at home and he always was a prodigal One was a prodigal in his actions, and the other one was a prodigal in his heart. More the one left home and became a prodigal and lost everything he had. But one thing about him, he had enough sense to know there was bread up a father's house. And he had enough sense to know that there was something better than the pigs. And when he came to himself, he dropped the pail, kicked the rail, and hit the trail, and gave the pigs a permanent wave, and said, I'm going back to the Father. But I'm glad the Bible said he was yet a great way off. His father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. And brother, it's party time when an old sinner comes to God and trusts Christ. And the Bible said there's joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repents. Hey, he didn't make the newspaper when I got saved. He didn't make the radio when I got saved. It wasn't even on the internet. But praise God, I'm glad it made news in heaven. And God wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life and the joy of sins forgiven. And then there was that elder brother, pharisaical in his heart. And I'm telling you something, there's something wrong with somebody that can't rejoice at an old sinner being born again. And saved by the grace of God. I believe that's why there's so much deadness and dullness and left and what and just plain old coldness in our churches. Because I mean, buddy, when somebody gets saved, it ought to ratchet up. Son, it ought to ratchet up. You shall I just tell you right now, I don't like the way so-and-so is expressing his faith. But at least he's got some to express. I'll tell you what, I'd rather be called a holer roller than a prune face. One fellow coming to me one time, he said, Oh, Brother Joe, I appreciate your enthusiastic spirit, and I trust one day you'll be in heaven if you don't run by it. I said, No, I'm not going to run by it. I'll run inside the gate and holler at the devil and say, Home free. I want to tell you there's a difference tonight, knowing God in your heart and feeling God in your soul than having God in your mind and being religious but lost and religious and a Pharisee and an old time Christian whose sins have been forgiven. I'm telling you tonight, I'm not going to be that old Pharisee, that elder brother that tries to find fault with everybody. I'm going to be like that prodigal and say, I'm glad God saves old sinners, amen, and forgives lies and makes us a new creature in Jesus Christ. There is a difference. 
Wow, I'm having a good time with this. Luke's gospel comes on forward till we get to the foot of an old rugged cross. There are two thieves, one on one side and one on the other. One on one side says, if you be, and the other one on the other side, I know you are. One on this side rejects the Son of God in his dying hour, and he's in hell, and he's still in hell tonight. But the one on this side receives Christ in this dying hour. And Jesus turned to the one on the right and said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. There is a difference. And the old rugged cross makes the difference. You say, what's the difference? Whether you go to heaven or you go to hell. And I'll leave without the cross. You can't go to heaven. But I'm glad, hallelujah, the way of the cross leads home. And the road to heaven is paved by the blood of an old rugged cross. I'm glad there is a difference. And Jesus makes the difference. You didn't think I'd ever get back. Let's get back to our text. There is a difference. Notice what a vast difference in Luke chapter number 16 tonight. The rich man and Lazarus. And may I say to you tonight, the difference between these two goes beyond one being rich and the other one being poor. I want you to notice in the scripture tonight how different, how vastly different they really are. On this side is a rich man who has everything that he ever wanted. But on this side is a man who didn't have most things that he needed. Boy, you would look at these two men and you'd say, they're worlds apart. Here is a man that's never alone. He is always surrounded with partying and festivity. Here's a man that's always surrounded by peers and people surrounded by him that lifts him up like he's special. Oh, but on this side, here's a man that spends most of his time in solitude. Nobody wants to even be seen talking to this man. Here's a man that fares sumptuously every day. Here's a man that sits at a table of plenty. You name it, it is on his table and he can have it. But yet on this side, here is a man that begs for the very next little crumb that falls from this rich man's table. Here is a man that has all the fun that he wants. And here's a man that seemingly has more misery than he wants. Here's a man that everybody in the world wants to be just alike. Here is a man that the whole world is spending everything they make, trying everything they can try because this is the guy they want to be like. Why nobody wants to be like this man? He's plagued with health problems. He's plagued with poverty. He's plagued with 
the loneliness. Everybody looks down on this man and everybody looks up to this man. But I want to tell you there is a bigger difference between their social standing and their physical appearance and things they can buy with their money because on this side is a picture of a man that made it by himself. Here is a picture of a man who is self-sufficient. Here is a man that floats his own boat, calls his own shot, and runs his own life. Oh, but over here is a man whose very name, Lazarus, in the Greek means, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. Here's a man that says, I'll do it all on my own. But here's a man that says, the Lord is my helper. Dear God Almighty, can I tell you, there is a difference between the man that says, I'll do it all by myself, and the man that says, the Lord is my helper. And can I submit to you tonight, it doesn't matter how much money you got, how much materials you got, how much political clout you got, how much fame and popularity you got. You can't make it by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. You need God. You need help. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Lord. You need the Bible. Oh, your pastor made a statement that he still believes in conviction. You know what personally I think conviction is? It's when you realize you can't do it by yourself. That's exactly what conviction is. It's when you realize you need somebody bigger than you. I wonder if there's anybody in this room tonight you can testify. You remember that hour, that day when you realize you need somebody bigger than you? You need somebody holier than you? You need somebody higher than you? Oh, the greatest day in a man's life is when the Holy Spirit brings him to the end of himself and he realizes my good works is not enough and my political standing is not enough and who I am is not enough and my money's not enough and blessed be the day in everybody's life when they get like Lazarus and say, I don't have enough money to buy what I need. I don't have enough strength to work for what I need. I don't have enough clout to get what I need. I need the Lord. And my help is in the Lord. And my hope is in the Lord. And my faith is in the Lord. And what I need is in the Lord. My God, can I tell you, there is a difference between trusting yourself and totally trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. We need him. We need him. We need him. Without Jesus, you won't miss hell and you won't gain heaven. Woo! These men are worlds apart. Not just in their pocketbook, but down in their heart. 
every time I come to Spartanburg, I start crying when I get inside of the city. Now, if you're my age, oh, oh, if you're my age, it's a miracle you're here tonight. But if you're mid-50 and above, I'm sure you will remember before Walmart ever invaded your town, there was Sky City. How many pre-Walmart people we have here tonight? And you are ancient enough to remember Sky City. And for those of you who live in Spartanburg, you may remember on Friday evenings and all day Saturdays when you would come in and out of the Sky City. That was a little blind fellow sitting on a little stool with a little tin cup on the end of his guitar, playing and singing gospel music. Anybody here remember the blind man at Sky City? He may have been an old, poor, blind man to you. That was my grandfather. That was my papa. That was my mama's daddy. He was playing with a knife. I, I, I don't hardly tell this unless I'm among friends, and I hope I'm among friends. I'm among three of them, praise the Lord. I got three friends here tonight. His daddy was a Church of God pastor. His brother was a Church of God pastor. His sister-in-law was a Church of God pastor. And all of my mama's people were church of God. I mean old-fashioned church of God. I'm talking about no gifts excluded, old-timey church of God. Mm, mm, They're done like that when they get happy. My mama grew up in that. You see, my daddy was a Baptist, but he didn't know how to enjoy it. My mama was Church of God, but really knew how to enjoy it. She didn't even know what all she had, but she enjoyed what she knew. Well, mama and daddy got together, and my mama got got to believing like my daddy, but then my daddy went and got to acting like my mama. And then they got me, and I got the best of both worlds. I believe like a Baptist and act like a holy roller. Amen. By the way, holy roller is not a bad name. Number one, if you're holy, if you're saved, you ought to be holy. And number two, if you're rolling, you're going somewhere. And I'd rather be called holy roller than prune face. Can I get an amen? My mama grew up in that. My mama went to school and they called her. Boy, they better be glad I wasn't there. Bless God, I'm like Barney Fife. Don't mess with my mama. They called her the blind Man's little girl. The blind beggar's little girl. Mama wore hand-me-down clothes. Some of you remember that. Mama lived in a house where it rained inside and leaked outside. Some of you remember that. And some of you are old enough to remember the only kind of circulating air that you had in your house was to stand in front of a heater and circulate yourself. That's why I have compassion 
on the poor. Because that's the, that's the stone I was hewed out of. And my grandfather may not have had the things that a lot of people had. My little old mother may have had to grow up wearing hand-me-downs and living a lean-to. But there was one thing they had, faith in God. And an also salvation that their sins have been forgiven. Oh, I barely remember it. I remember one time they came to see us when we lived up in Danville, Virginia, where Daddy pastored. And one Friday night, he was out there. At the, we didn't have a Sky City up there. We had the Kmart, amen? We were a little more uptown. We had the Kmart. And he was out there in front of Kmart. And I'll never forget it. He had that little uh, guitar, little sound holes on the side. And he had that little thumb pick. And boy, he's out there singing, there's a river somewhere. That's called Jordan And they say that it's deep And it's wide And they say That the king and the beggar On that shore Will stand side by side At the crossing Of the Jordan Why shall I be afraid There'll be someone there Who loves me To guide me Oh hey 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 I'm glad there's a difference. I'm glad there is a difference. There are some things that money cannot buy and politics cannot earn and good works cannot merit. I'm not trusting in myself for my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I want to say like the psalmist, I want to boldly say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. These men were different, very different. Oh, but can I take just a moment and point this out? Even though they were different in a certain area, they were just alike. Did you know tonight, according to this text, there are some things those men had in common. You say, Brother Arthur, you lost your mind. Here's a man with everything, and here's a man with nothing. Here's a man that has plenty. Here's a man that has won't. Here's a man that has friends. Here's a man that has solitude. Here is a man that is rich. Here's a man that is poor. They have nothing in common. Oh, I beg to differ with you. They have something very much in common. You say, Pastor, what would that be? You ready? They both had to die. They both had to die. Boy, it's not hard to see that the old beggar's going to die. Because, honey, when you look at him, he looks like death warmed over anyway. When you look at him, it's not hard to believe he's going to die. He looks like he's on the last leg of the journey now. But oh, here's a rich man's son. He is in his prime. He buys what he wants. He commands what she wants. He determines what he wants, but what he don't understand. He don't have enough authority to tell death 
Get away from me. He don't have enough money to buy his way out of this one. He don't have enough friends to bail him out of this one. He's got to die just like that man. He's got to die just like that man. And may I say to everybody in this room tonight, whether you're rich or whether you're poor, whether you're ignorant or whether you're educated, whether you're religious or heathenistic, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or some crazy person in between, you gotta die you gotta die you gotta die death is passed upon all men it's appointed unto men wants to die you gotta die no matter who you are I was preaching the other day in Memphis and I was riding down this road and looked and I saw this big white house you know dumb me I said boy it looks like somebody important lives there and the pastor said, you really are from Georgia. <laughs> he said, man, that's Graceland. Graceland? I've heard of Graceland. I thought that was heaven. Graceland? You'll get it in a minute. He said, man, don't you know? That's where Elvis lived. I said, Wow, I've just rode by Graceland. I said, sir, I rode by Graceland about 30 plus years ago when I went by Calvary. And the grace of God washed my sins away. Boy, I saw the gates. I saw the brick post. I saw all of the security. And I began to talk to a man that actually worked there when Elvis was alive. And boy, they kept out the intruders. They kept out the gawkers. They kept out the fans that would really literally lose their mind. And one man said literally strip their clothes off. I want to tell you, that ain't Graceland. Boy, that those walls and those cameras and those armed guards could keep away the, the lunatics and keep away the fanatics and keep away the crazy people. Oh, but one morning in a little bathroom laying in the floor, the king, they say, the king of rock and roll, they say, oh, his security guards couldn't keep a man out and the security cameras couldn't keep a man out and the brick pillars and the iron gates couldn't keep this man out it's a man called death and behind him comes hell and let me tell you something brother the security guards can't keep him away and the cameras won't pick him up and he went to Elvis's house and he's coming to your house and he's coming to my house hey you can't buy your way out of that you can't work your way out of that you can't connive your way out of that they may be vastly different but they got one thing in common they both Gotta die. So do you. Oh, listen to this. You something else they had in common? Who they were and what they had when they died. No longer matter. All the money, all the fame, 
all the pomp and circumstance, all of the big to do who he was when he died no longer mattered. Glory to God on this other side, all them bleeding, pulsating sores and all the pain. And all them lonely nights and all of those times his stomach panted on his ribs caged with hunger. Oh, it didn't matter now. It didn't matter now. Son, it didn't matter now how many times you were despised and rejected. Son, it it don't matter now how many times you were hungry. It doesn't matter now how many times you hurt with pain because, brother, when you come down to the end of the journey, what you had and who you were when you lived on this earth, it no longer matters. It's whether you know God or not. Woo! In fact, Brother Ernie, they have so much in common that remind me of twins. Because they both got to die. And what they had and who they were no longer mattered when they died. I'm sure you have heard of this word, Wachovia. Anybody ever heard of the word Wachovia? Years ago, there was a bank in the south called Wachovia Bank. And I think they got bought up in a big merger by Bank of America. But I mean Wachovia. Did you know there is a real place in North Carolina called Wachovia? That's why for years their home office was the tallest building in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, because that's where they began. Because the word Wachovia means the wilderness. And hundreds and hundreds of years ago when those Moravian believers settled Winston-Salem, High Point in Greensboro. It was nothing more than a wilderness. And it's the Indian word, Wachovia, which means the wilderness. That little area was founded by a little band of Moravian Christians. They were leaving their land of nativity, fleeing religious persecution because they had heard that that was a land where the freedom, where freedom, don't get me started. Hey, they heard that that was a place where you could go and worship God and have the freedom of religion. And those little Moravian believers settled that part of the country. That was an old man that came to hear me preach for a long time. If I was in that region, he would come to hear me preach. And he passed away. And they began to read his will. And in his will it said, I want Brother Joe Arthur from Atlanta, Georgia to preach my funeral. Boy, I went up there and flew in and preached that man's funeral in the Moravian church. I'd never been in a Moravian church and I still don't know everything they believe and I'm not promoting the Moravian religion. Give me a break. But after the Moravian church funeral, we went to the Moravian cemetery out behind the church. I've never seen a cemetery like this. If you've ever seen a Moravian cemetery, they all look just alike. And here it is. The little gravestones are about this wide, about like this, and about that tall. And they all look just alike. 
You know how when our loved ones die, we'll go buy a cemetery plot and we'll put dad there and then we'll put mama with him and maybe over here is a brother, a sister, some children. Not the Moravian church. They bury you in the order in which you die. You know what a Moravian church calls their cemetery? They call it the city of the equal dead. They call it the city of the equal dead. That's why everybody's tombstone looks just alike. Very unassuming, very simplistic. And they all look just alike. And what amazed me as I walked through that cemetery, here would be a doctor. And here would be a ditch digger. Here would be a lawyer. And here would be a meal worker. They bury you in the order in which you die. Because this is their philosophy. We're all equal when we die. Nobody's higher than the other when you die. They call it the city of the equal dead. I want to say that is one part of the Moravian religion that I do believe in tonight. Because we're all equal when we come down to die. Whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're ignorant, or whether you're wise. It's equal, brother. It's equal. We're all on the same level when we die. Sinners lost without God. And only Jesus can make the difference. They're worlds apart. But yet, they're just alike. But in closing tonight, follow me. And I show you another place. Where they get different again. In fact, let me show you a place where they part ways again. In fact, let me show you a place now where they're more different than they were in the beginning. For when we meet these men, one's well and the other one is sick. One is rich and the other one is poor. One has everything and the other one has nothing. But oh my, can I tell you when we get to this part... They're farther apart than they were before. Yes, they both had this in common. They had to die. Yes, they had this in common. Who they were and what they had no longer mattered when they died. But, oh, God, here's where they separate worlds apart. Where they went after they died. And where they are tonight is not just worlds apart, eternity apart. Oh, one day the rich man, brother, drinks his last drink. He sops his last biscuit. He attends his last gala parade. And he feels a pain. And that death sweat breaks out upon his brow. And he struggles with his breath. And all of a sudden, the strong, rich man who's done everything he wanted to do, had anything he wanted to have, bought anything that money could buy, grasped everything that the eye can see, is now a weakling. And he gives up the ghost. And he dies without being able to say, the Lord is my helper. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on the authority of the Word of God, can I tell you people that die without the Lord being their helper, die and go to hell, just like this rich man. 
The Bible said that he died and he lifted up his eyes in hell. And what I see following in that text, I want to tell you it makes me groan in the depths of my soul. Because you realize tonight that in hell that man could still see. There was nothing that he wanted to see. In hell that man could hear. There was nothing that he really wanted to hear. In hell that man could feel. But there was nothing that he wanted to feel. In hell that man could still taste. But there was nothing to taste. But the hot flames licking at him through all eternity. Did you know in hell there is something worse than what that man can see and what that man can hear and what that man can see and what that man can taste and feel? He said, son, remember. He could still remember. You say, what could he remember? He could remember those times when Jesus was passing by. He remembered the lepers that he healed. He remembered the blinded eyes that he opened. He remembered the death that got to hear my God. He remembered the lame that got to walk. He remembered the dead that got up. He remembered the opportunity that he had to make the Lord his helper and he let it pass him by. Well, there's a lot of people. They'll go to church and say, I'm going to go to church because somebody asked me, but I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to pay attention. And as soon as it's over, I'm getting out of there. I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to smoke me a cigarette. I'm going to drink me a beer. And I'm going to forget it. You may not pay attention. And you may get in your car. And you may smoke a pack of cigarettes and drink a whole case of beer. But you ain't going to forget it. I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to wipe you from my mind. I'm going to wipe this service from my mind. I'm going to wipe this. No, there's a place. There's a place. There's a place you can't reach deep enough. I'm going to wipe it from your mind. And one millisecond when you arrive in a place called hell, you remember that trio that sang, it's real. I know it's real. You remember that pastor that got up and said, I'm saved and I'm washed in the blood. And you remember this wild preacher from Atlanta, Georgia, telling you there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun and there is a difference, an eternal difference. Tonight, if I could pull back this carpet and dig a hole from here to hell and back and hang my sweaty face over the pit, they'd be like little birds want to lap up the sweat that's off of my brow because in hell they're thirsty in hell they're in torment in hell they are abandoned can I remind you tonight hell is real and hell is hot and people go there because they don't make the Lord their helper there is a difference I'll show you how big a difference over here, the old beggar, feeling weak again. Oh, he struggles to breathe a little bit. 
an old man death is about to reach over there and snuff out his life. And just like the rich man hails behind old man death. And old man death squeezes a life out of the rich man, out of the poor man, out of Lazarus. And there he lays, about to draw that last breath. And all of a sudden, the black charred, cold fingers of hell go to moving. And bless God, about that time. <laughs> about that time, an angel said, get your hands off of him. He belongs to Jesus. Oh, son, I've took a lot of airplane rides in my life, but one day, <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to take a fucking air ride. Hey, and the angels of God lifted him up and carried him into Abraham's bosom. Thank God Almighty, there is a difference. My God. There is a difference. Got a man in our church that was backslid on the Lord for a long time. He married a gal from Australia. And they've, he's gotten right with God and they've been visiting the church. And this lady from Australia had never been to any kind of a Christian church. Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal. I mean, she ain't been to nothing. In fact, never even been to church. Mid-50s. One day in her life, the first church she ever walked in was that little church down there in Atlanta, Harvest Baptist. And boy, she heard the choir sing, Amen. Jesus buried my past. She heard the congregation sing, he lives, he lives. He lives within my heart. And she heard an old wore out preacher talk about the gospel and the blood and the cross. She got shot right there. Right there in the heart. After church, I got to talking to her. She said, oh my, oh my. I wish you could hear her accent. If you think we talk strange in South Carolina, you ought to hear somebody from Australia. She said, oh my, oh my, Pastor. Pastor, you, oh my, oh my. You preached about a book, and my name's not in the book. Oh my God, my name. Oh my God, my name. I go, oh my God, my name's not in the book. I said, but it can be. Yeah. Yeah. I could not get her to understand what simple faith, believing, trusting in Christ. And finally, Miss Arthur came to the rescue, and she said, honey, just keep coming. Yeah. Just right. keep coming. Woo, she yeah. said, God will draw you. <laughs> Can I just stop right here and say, Jesus spoke to me one day. Praise his holy name. <laughs> hey, she said, mm. Woo. you say you've lost your mind. Will you come to hear me? Hey, hey, hey. Miss Arthur said, Keep on coming. God to speak to you. I want to tell you what that Bible will do. Oh God, I want to tell you what that Bible will do. It'll open up your heart. It'll open up your mind. And reveal the riches of Christ. 
So about four months, boy, we just kept a preaching. Boy, it's cold on that pew. Oh, God, God was working in her life. There the Sunday morning, I, I didn't even preach a salvation message. I just, I preached on Paul and Silas having a spell in the county jail. That's what they did. At midnight, they prayed and sang praises unto God. And they had a spell in the county jail. And I know Elvis sang jailhouse rock, but God rocked it. Well, had a few people come to the altar, few. And I said, all right, we're, if you'd bowed every eye closed. We'll pick up again tonight, the Lord willing. My head was on the way down, and I heard, Brother Joe, Brother Joe, wait, Brother Joe. Oh, it was her husband. He's yelling, wait, wait, wait. Here she came. Had him by the arm. Had a death grip on him just to cry. I said, what's wrong with you? I want to get my name in the book. I want to get my name in the book. I want to get my name in the book. I said to those all the workers, back off. This is mine. I knelt down in front of her and I said, oh, Debbie, you know what you got to do. Call on God, sweetheart. Ask Jesus to save you. Lord Jesus, save me. You said, is that all she said? Well, what more do you want her to say? By the way, it ain't what you say right in here as much as it is. Oh, she's... And I'll tell you one thing, Ernie. I've been married to Miss Arthur. You've met Miss Arthur. We've been married almost 35 years. And I've been wanting her to shout so bad. She's an old dignified Presbyterian. I've been wanting that woman to shout... And I see my wife coming down the aisle. She's a-crying. I thought, oh, God, it's going to happen today. And she went, glad you got saved. Oh. I got her home. I said, my God, what's it going to take for you to have a spell? Woo! She got her name in the book. I just want to say I'm glad I got my name in the last book of life. Hallelujah. I'm glad when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. I'll be there. By God, I'll be there. The week after she was saved, Jerry's daddy, 91 years old, dies. An old-timey Christian from up and around Smyrna, Georgia. Just loved God, full of God. And loved gospel music. And his favorite group, Inspirations. It didn't take much to bless him, did it? I'm going somewhere. His sister called him and said, Jerry, you need to come to the hospice. Daddy hasn't spoken to anybody in three days. He doesn't respond. He said, I'm on the way. He said, I grabbed my boom box. Everybody in Atlanta has got a boom box. <laughs> and he said, I got my little boom box and I got that CD. And he said, I plugged that thing in the wall. 
And he said the first song they started singing was that one where Mike does that bass and Archie, I do that little tenor. And he goes, I'm bound for that city. And Mike goes, that city of gold. And Archie goes, to live there forever. <laughs> and he said every time, oh, Archie, to live there forever. He said, daddy's feet got to doing like that. <laughs> and said, Mike, Mike, I'm bound for that city, that city. He goes, He said, they got through singing, and then all of a sudden, Archie, Beulah Land, hop. He said, then he got to ride the bicycle or something like that. Got to go like that. Said, that nurse ran in there and said, oh, God. Oh, God, his morphine's wearing off. I'm going to have to give him a double dose. He said, it ain't his morphine. Let him alone. And he died in the glory. He died in the glory. And there stood a little lady from Australia watching that. Yeah. And she held on to his hand and said, oh, Jerry, it's real, Jerry. Yeah. It's real, Jerry. I'm glad I got my name in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could face this without my name in the book. I don't believe I could go through this without my name in the book. But oh Lord, I wonder if there's anybody in this tabernacle tonight. You know your name is in the book. And you can face death. You can face tomorrow. You can face eternity. Because there is a difference. An eternal difference. And what you do with Christ determines the difference. Oh my, oh my, there is a difference. I don't know about you tonight, but I'm glad I'm not going to hell. In fact, I believe I'll sing a little. Oh, come, angel man. Come and around me, stand, oh, bear me away on your snowy wings to my immortal home. Wave at him, I believe you're way back. Oh, bear me away on your snowy wings to my immortal home. Oh, come, angel band, come and around me stand. Oh, bear me away on your snowy wing to my immortal home. Oh, bear me away your snow. To my immortal home, build my mansion next door to Jesus, and tell the angels 
I'm coming home. It doesn't matter who lives around me. Just so my mansion sits near the throne. My mother's mansion may be close by me. Across the golden avenue, she was the first. She may have been the blind beggar's little girl. She may have been the blind beggar's little girl. But she knew about this. She was the first one to teach me of heaven. I'm the very first one, Lord, to tell me about you. Oh, build my mansion next door to Jesus and tell the angels I'm coming home. It doesn't matter who lives around me just so my mansion sits near the throne there's a difference how big a difference when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair. When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore. When the road is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the road is called up yonder. When the road is called up yonder. When the road is called up yonder, when the road is called up yonder, be there. There is a difference, an eternal difference. Tonight, if you need God, He wants you. Tonight, if you got lost loved ones on their way to hell, oh, let's work and let's pray. We need revival in this land. This nation's crumbling right in front of our eyes. And I want us to have old-time religion for the next generation. Let's stand together tonight, Lord Jesus. We love you. We give you glory for who you are. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Woo! Come on tonight. Let's get on this altar. Maybe you got a lost boy, a lost daughter, a lost grandchild, a lost husband or wife, mom or daddy, friend or family member. Let get a hold of God tonight. He's able to do exceeding 
abundant above all that we ask or think. Tonight, if you don't know you're saved, get her settled tonight. Get it nailed down in Christ. There is a difference. Get a hold of God. You got to get a hold of you. Sing it with him. Oh, come, angel band. Verse about bear my loving heart. Oh, bear my longing heart to him who bled and died for me. Boy, I like that line right there. Who bled and died for me. And gives me victory. Sing it now. Oh, come, angel man. Go about when the roll is called up yonder. Go back to that real slow. Well, think about this line. Let us labor for the master from the dawn to setting sun. Let us talk of all his wonder, love, and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done. When the roll is called yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the I'll be there. Help me out with some words. On that bright and cloudless morning, when the dead in Christ shall rise, and the glory of his resurrection shall chosen ones together 
to her home beyond the sky and the roll is called up young praise God see you like you're going I'll be there oh, I'll be there home and the roll is called up young to your neighbor and say there is a difference amen give the man of God a hand tonight amen praise the Lord alright give the joy heirs a hand they done great tonight now the biggest hand of all ought to come for Jesus amen amen he is the reason for it all amen if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be meeting here tonight. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm saved. Amen. Praise the Lord. Preacher, you go to the doors and greet the folks when they leave, if you would. Brother Ernie, you and, you and your sisters over here. Amen. You and your wife and sister-in-law, go to the back, if you would, and uh, get by the table. We've got one of the parson girls, two of the parson girls here, and they can go by their table. Listen, patronize them both. Amen. And they'll appreciate it so much. Come back tomorrow night. We'll begin at 7 o'clock, prayer room 645. Brother Joe will be back with us preaching. And uh, we're letting the Lord lead on the singing and see where that goes. But the Rogers family will be with us tomorrow, though. They'll be in the house, so uh, I'm pretty sure they will be singing for us. But uh, folks, pray us, play us off the air. Let's raise our hands toward heaven. Let's praise God three times and we can be dismissed. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord!